Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. The uh, Lady Grizz... Montana State basketball game, the women's game, was a 14-point affair when it was all said and done, 92-78. But it wasn't that close. 42-21 was the score at one point. Yeah, with five minutes to go in the second quarter still. Montana State. They doubled them up in 15 minutes. That's right. Montana State had made eight threes before the Lady Grizz had even made one. Now, Montana's plan was to go inside and they were at time i mean 78 points is not a small amount of points to score i mean they, they, they scored some points they had five players in double figures the lady grizz did but they could not stop montana state at all at any point and particularly with the zone the sort of hybrid zone that they ran in missoula that had been sort of surprising and and very very uh, uh efficacious for them in that first matchup against the cats Montana State was ready for it on this day. And they went, Montana State, 12 of, what, 29 from three? I mean, Including they, eight of their first 12? That's right. They just buried the ball from uh, outside, 12-29. So you're talking about, I mean, 36 points from three. And they made more threes than the Lady Grizz even shot in this game. And look, Montana State... Hands down, they're the best team in the conference. And this win, with four games left, with two weeks left in the regular season, clinches, clinches the Big Sky Conference Tournament. I mean, it's pretty remarkable now, 11 straight, how kind of far out ahead of everybody the Montana State women's basketball team is right now. And the irony is just so cruel for anybody that's followed the Lady Grizz for any any amount of time because they released the house that Rob built, the documentary, on Thursday, 
reminding or reaffirming to everybody just the unbelievable dominance that Montana women's mm-hmm. basketball had under for 38 years under Robin Selvig. And then Montana State not only won for the ninth time in 11 matchups against the Lady Grizz, not only did it on their home court, they also scored the most points that they've scored in the rivalry ever. And 92. they clinched the Big Sky Conference Championship right. with the victory. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's amazing because look, losing to Montana State at this point, everybody's losing to Montana State. I mean, they're right. the best team in the Big Sky Conference. So that in and of itself is, you know, explicable, certainly. But you're right, this isn't happening in a vacuum. This is happening with two programs where the roles were exactly reversed for most of their history. And now, you know, they're not. Congratulations to Trisha Bidford and Montana State. They're trimming the nets. And they had a a, a great time of it. And, and, And it got the crowd going. And I mean, the ovation that that team got when they came out during the men's game, multiple standing ovations First, when they walked out, then they make the announcement over the thing. Then when they left, they just uh, you know, and 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 they deserve it. They were outstanding. Coach Benford, oh go ahead. Well, they <laughs> anybody that doesn't everybody, it, there's a lot of people that hate on women's basketball, and I think that's just so tired and lazy at yeah. this moment in time. But even if you are going to be someone that says, "Okay, it's just not that exciting to me," whatever. You're just lying if you watch Montana State play this year and you think that they're not exciting. I mean, if you're a basketball purist, they are exceptional. I mean, they share the ball so well. They have such insane balance. I mean, they've six players in double figure scoring for the third time in the last five games. They put at least five in six out of the last eight. I mean, 92 points, 92-78 in a 40-minute basketball game compared to 59-54 in the men's game. I mean, 12 of 29 from beyond the yard, I mean, just bombs away from <laughs> and, Montana State. And they just, they executed and did pretty much whatever they wanted. Yeah. And uh, I think that Trisha Benford deserves a ton of credit. I think the team deserves a ton of credit. They have phenomenal chemistry. I mean, they just have the makings of a, a really special team. I, I couldn't believe that Montana State shot so poorly in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe that the Lady Grizz decided they were just going to let them shoot. They, I mean, the matchup zone that they were running in Missoula, Mackenzie Johnson said after the game, she said, we were just going to dare them to shoot until they started making it, and then we get a hand in their face. Well, they did that in Bozeman, and Montana State hit eight of their first 12 threes. Yeah. Um, Trisha Benford was asked about that very thing, like what changed from the first matchup to the second one when it came to the Lady Grizz defense, and then Montana State's consequently shooting it much better. Here's what she said. Yeah, I think uh, the first time around we were just really caught up in what it looked like and uh, second time around we just wanted to be shot ready and uh, basically run our run our actions and not overthink it. In the last couple of weeks our kids have just really been sharing the ball well and being a lot more uh, shot ready from the perimeter and fortunately we got off to a hot start offensively. I thought, you know, defensively we had struggles all night long keeping them off the glass but we were able to survive with our offense. You don't hear that, first of all, very often. You're able to survive with your offense, but that's exactly what Montana State did. They just, the Grizzly men won because they stalled out the Montana State offense. Right. The Montana State women won because they just outscored 
the Lady Grizz. Like they just kept filling it up. And by the way, it's not all about the three. I mean, eight of their first 12, absolutely, that gave them this huge cushion that never really went away. But also, I mean, they scored over 60 points or whatever it is, 60, almost 60 points that weren't threes also. And you talk about the evenness of the scoring. It it. it it just almost can't possibly be more even than it was for Montana they State. They scored 19 points with no one in, tw- in the 20s. They, that's right. They have six players in double figures. Four of them had 15 points. All of them, exactly 15 points. Fallon Friggi led the way with three points more than that with 18. And and it's remarkable the equity that you get, but also the bottom. I mean, they have Trisha Binford. Now, her offense has always been her calling card. But she has a group of players who are capable, but also has built them to run uh, uh, this, uh, I mean, just an unbelievable team style of offense. I mean, the ball just whips around and the open shooters shoot it. I mean, it seems simple, but it doesn't always happen. In fact, it rarely happens. And so uh, it's, you know, really impressive. And so much of that, too, we've talked a lot about the five seniors and, I think the fact that Blair Braxton has bought into her, I mean, Blair Braxton is the emotional leader of the team and she comes off the bench, but that to have one of the best shot blockers and rebounders in the league as your enforcer who can come in for anybody in the lineup and then you just readjust the lineup. That's huge. Yeah. Her Madeline Smith are always fresh because they basically just split the minutes at the five. They just play 20 minutes each. And so they're always fresh. And with Madeline Smith, you're getting scoring on the block all day. And with Blair Braxton, you're getting defensive rebounding and toughness. And that in itself makes them so hard to guard. And then you, you had Fallon Frigi from North Dakota after sitting out. I mean, what a great story. We'll hear from her in a moment. And, you know, she's she's probably the leading candidate for MVP in the league. But we talk about actually who's the th- person that makes this thing go, who's the most important player on Montana State. It's Darian White. Darian White is... <laughs> Again, she doesn't get fresh of the year. I'm freaking out on this show. She's unbelievable. Her toughness, her endurance, how much energy she brings, her court vision. I mean, we asked Shannon Strand about her last week leading up to it, and she said, yeah, I knew when I first – because Montana State and Montana, the one area where they both recruit hard, aside from in-state, obviously, is Boise. Mm. And uh, Shannon said, oh, I I saw Darren White for the first time, and I thought, oh, Trish is going to love this – girl she's, yeah. she's gonna love this little point guard because Trisha's had a lot Trisha Bedford's had a lot of good luck with point guards like herself small tenacious uh and Darren Wright I mean man she's she's so fun to watch how's your first time I guess your no, second time seeing her, yep. but I mean you, I she's mean great. she's awesome yep she's great uh amazing again poison confidence and control she's in control which you can't say very often for a freshman uh, the other side, the flip side of this coin, is Montana, who uh, finds themselves uh, at, with another loss. Now they've lost is eight of the last ten to Montana State, and are nine and seven uh, in conference play. And they certainly have uh, everything in front of them in terms of uh, a seed and getting a buy and so forth and so on. But this is certainly a tough one. And Shannon Schwein spoke about. You know, he was asked about when you're down early the way that they were. Again, 42-21 at one point early in the second quarter of that game. How hard is it to just keep your team focused and fighting back? 
Well, I mean, I, I liked our little run right before half. I thought we showed some fight there. Uh, we, you know, we kept battling and, you know, going down 15. 15 in today's world of basketball really isn't, you know, the end of the world by any means. So I, I liked our little run at half. Um, uh, went in the locker room feeling like we are much better than we executed out there. And, uh, you know, we just, we, we never really had any back-to-back -back baskets there in the first half. It was tough to get anything going, any kind of flow. Um, you know, we weren't getting stops and then offensively we just we weren't really connecting uh, you know our posts were getting good looks in the paint and they weren't going down weren't getting to the line and uh, you know so we had some some tough series there there you go Shannon Schwein talking about the game and and what got out of hand in a hurry and they did I mean they they closed the gap to you know 12 14 a couple of different times including right at the end of the game uh, and so you know what looked like it could be I mean, a truly ugly affair became, you know, a respectable basketball game. But sort of. It was never, ever, ever in doubt. Yeah, no, this was a second round knockout. I mean, yeah. Montana State straight stroked them to the canvas. And then Montana, it's human nature to take your foot off the gas at least a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're in a, if you're in a tight basketball game, what do you do? Try to exploit the matchups that are to your advantage. So say this would have been a single digit game. You just would have thrown the ball to Fallon Fridgey and got out of the way. Or you would have run actions to, to get those sort of things. Montana State just ran their standard zone offense mm -hmm. for the last 25 minutes of the game. They didn't yeah. have to go to any specific matchup. They were just running and running and running and running. And so, it, Montana State deserves a ton of credit, but I also thought that, uh, I mean, and Mackenzie Johnson said this in the postgame press conference. She said, we weren't ready for, to play in this game. We did. We were. We were not tough enough. We did not answer the bell, and you kind of saw it. I mean, I, Montana hung in this game for the first eight minutes, and then the Bobcats dominated the last two minutes of the first quarter. They ran that sweet play where Darren White hit Tory Martell for a three at the buzzer, and Martell hit three more in a row in the second quarter. After that, that moment really sparked them. And then when Montana was chipping away in the third quarter. Same thing. Last two minutes of the frame, Montana State just owned it, and then Oleana Squires hits her third three of the frame at the buzzer, and Montana State's off and running. Yeah. So uh, Bobcats were able to pretty much cruise for the last 25 minutes of that game. It's 2 tell me, one us, one two nine ESPN Radio. If you uh, have spent even 30 seconds with Fallon Fridgey, you uh, remember it and are happy that you got the opportunity to. And the story that she has and has going right now is pretty impressive. And having been at North Dakota and in no uncertain terms, she made very clear on this show that it did not work out in a good way with her relationship with her head coach, uh, in, uh, at UND. And so she transferred, sat out last year and came to Montana state to play for one season. She got one season of eligibility left. It's this, it's her senior year. And she was asked, uh, the, the question wasn't even about the story per se. It was mm -hmm. simply about, how even the scoring was, and the team type of basketball that's being played. You want to hear this? Yeah, this is just so special to me. Um, this is what I dreamed of coming here, was um, just to play with girls that were so skilled and teammates that worked hard every single day. And um, this is the stuff I envision, you know, envision being with a team where everyone can score. It's not just on one person and cutting down nets and celebrating confetti and water in the locker room. And this is just what I prayed for and what I envisioned. And 
coming here for my senior year. It's just, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just really, really meaningful to me, and I know how meaningful this rivalry is, and to win both games, and to just to have such a bench and such a team supporting you and everyone contributing. There's, there's no better feeling. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at uh, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. And there's your conference MVP, Fallon Friggy, soon to be, presumably. Um, what you don't get there, which we certainly have, and we had her on the show, but just how smart she is. I mean, her her, her basketball savvy is, is, is next level. But also just what she wanted like she had an idea you know i I, i'm not here to like throw anybody under any bus or anything like that i don't i i don't know that i could tell you that i watched one single north dakota women's basketball game okay but coming out of a statement like that if you are in a work environment and you are a driven and hard-working person and you do really good work and the people around you don't and not even like maybe don't even maybe they're not as good as you but don't even put the effort in to do the the work it is so demoralizing in a lot of ways like it it, it is just it's it's uh, it's an impossible situation to to be in and that's what that sounds like to me and now you know at montana state it's you know you you have this hope and this dream of what basketball in college is going to be like and then it's the opposite of that seemingly and then you find the place where it is where that where that quote dream is realized and i mean She's sitting there with a neck, uh, 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 a net around her neck that they just trimmed down for being conference champions. Two weeks, like I can't over communicate. Like the, basketball is a sport that the conference champion is decided on the last game of the season, almost without exception. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you are two games ahead of the pack going into the last game, so that you know that it's a done. De- I mean, that is that is winning by a lap, and they are. Twice that in front of everybody to be winning this conference tournament on this. I mean, it's it's remarkable, man. It's absolutely unbelievable. And she personifies all of that, Fallon Fritchie. We talk a lot about transfers, and I think that there's a negative connotation with transferring because I think that there's just kind of the get-off-my-lawn the way of thinking, that, hey, stick it out, be tough, stop mm-hmm. being a young kid, right, stop right. living in the grass is greener. 
lot of times you get a situation where it's just not what you thought it was going to be, and then you're stuck, and you can have a miserable college experience right. because of it. I mean, Fallon Fridgey was the North Dakota Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. She, I think she had a lot of pressure from a lot of people around her to stay in state. I think there was several girls playing at North Dakota who she had had prior relationships with, played with or against. And at the time, North Dakota was really good. I mean, Gene Roebuck is, uh, is a legend in the women's basketball world, and they rode some momentum after he retired and made it to the NCAA tournament one year. I think that was the year right before Fallon Fridgey had committed there. And uh, it came all the way down to Montana State and, and North Dakota. I know Fallon Fridgey went on a visit to Montana State. She really wanted to go there initially. And then she ended up just choosing to stay home. But then I think that, I mean, as she said on the show, the experience in North Dakota was miserable and she was not having a good time and it was breaking her down mentally. And this is where transferring works out so well, right? I mean, you heard that. I mean, it changed her life and, and it can't be understated how difficult it is and how impressive it is for somebody to come from a different program and walk in and get all the accolades that she got without... I mean, she did not play a second of basketball for Montana State before she was the preseason league MVP. That could be cause for massive resentment in the locker room. Right. And it wasn't. And I think that's a testament to her. And, you know, you can walk in and be a great player and fit into the mesh of a team, but to actually be the captain of the team when mm-hmm. you're someone that is mm-hmm. a transfer, that's amazing. And but also, when you speak to her... And when yes. you watch what you do, it becomes the least surprising thing in the world. That, right. That I mean, her, her level of maturity. All of her that, level right. of maturity is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to her to Montana State. They are the conference champions. I here's my only hesitation when it comes to Montana State, and I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's a whole different deal. But if I may, the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. Yeah. No. Were the President's Cup champions. Yeah. They were the best team in hockey by a country mile, by the same distance that Montana State is. And then they played a bunch of meaningless games and sayonara first round of the playoffs. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just that's the one thing you have to be cognizant I, of. I, I, I know what you're getting at, certainly. This, I'm not trying to pump up Montana State too much right here, but this team is amazing, man. They're so special it, because... I'm always ranting and raving about the intangible elements of basketball, right? It's not about having 25-point-per-game scores and guys that can do throw down spectacular dunks and all that sort of stuff. I mean, if that's what it was about, Montana State's men would have won the league the last couple of years. Who had better shooter than Tyler Hall, a better scorer than Tyler Hall, and a better athlete than Keldrick Blevins? Right. Nobody. Right. And they're sixth place because of a whole bunch of other elements. Mm-hmm. We talk about playing together, knowing your role, executing from start to finish. Montana State does it better than any basketball team in the Big Sky Conference right now. I mean, what they're doing on offense the last th- six games, last three weeks, yeah. it's straight-up teach tape. It's like they're running practice sets against conference opponents. 92 points was their lowest point total in the last four games. <laughs> they scored 200 <laughs> points last weekend. That's crazy. Let me ask you this. Okay, they're 19-6. and six. If they ran the table, they would be 26-6 and six conference champions. Yep. Okay? Yep. 20 games over 500. Yep. What sort of seed do you think they would be capable of getting man it's it's really too bad because they uh, trisha bidford knew this was going to be a, a special team she really knew that her three freshmen darren white who we talked about as well as cole badbear mass and jackson were gonna be able to make an impact they brought the freshmen to campus early mm-hmm. and those girls practiced with them all summer and i think that's where you have you have five seniors and three freshmen how do you make it work the freshmen proved themselves to the seniors all summer yeah and then they played a difficult non-conference gonzaga who was the Eight, number 17 or 18 team in the nation. They're one loss Texas team right now. A&M, who was the number 11 team in the nation. 
and they lost those two games, 15 to Gonzaga and 9 to Texas A&M, the number 11 team in the nation. They also lost to Wichita State, obviously a very respectable basketball athletics you know, department and basketball program. Two points. Two points, 66-64 in that game. So they have that. That's one loss where you go, man. Yeah. If they play, if they play a top ten team in the nation, top eleven team in the nation, to a single score game, have a win against Wichita State in the non-conference. That's where you know on the national scale, that's where you start to get noticed. And when you're when you have a one in the L column, if it was to be that in your conference schedule, it's just like, well, yeah, okay, this is this is a real deal. Totally. They needed to win one of those games. Yeah. Northern Colorado won 25 games last year. They got the 11th seed. Mm-hmm. Part of that was because they beat DePaul when DePaul was nationally ranked. That one win was the thing that they hung yeah. their hat on. To me, it's the, the women's game when it comes to the tournament. I think Montana State could compete with some teams. They just got to avoid certain teams. In the, in the women's game, so, the, the top teams, the three seeds and above... I mean, just forget about it. Yeah, and I think even more than in the men's game, I, I don't know, may, maybe not, but th- the best teams in women's basketball are stacked up, man. Oh, so stacked. I mean, that's you what know? I'm saying. You can be so good, and if you get right. the 15 seed and you got to play UConn, you're losing by 40. Right. Like, you're not losing just, like, a little bit. You are getting drilled. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem, because here's the thing. There's not nearly as many programs that are willing to put the resources into women's basketball as there are into men's basketball. Even though they have a team and all that kind of stuff, you know, and they're but they're competing and so forth. There's a few places, and you know where they are, okay? Baylor, UConn, South Carolina, that are that 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 it is an absolute priority at those places. And as such, all the top talent is going to a lot fewer institutions to play basketball yep. than what you get in 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 the men's game, right? And and some of the like SEC schools, mm-hmm. they have size that. Oh right, I mean it, it would yeah. be like playing against seven foot four guys in men's because mm-hmm. of the disparity in size. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that gal who plays center for Texas A and M, forget about it. I mean, she's like six foot eight and she's stacked. I was in a great mosh pit last night, and my screen setting is. Outstanding. Okay, <laughs> just so so we know. Take a quick break. We'll go around the Big Sky Conference. What did other teams do, and what does that mean for uh, well everybody involved? We'll talk about that and uh, how big. Well, I'll come back to that. I'll come back. I'll come back to that. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite. Water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Culture, let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference, shall we? Uh, On the men's side of things, Sacramento State. They beat Idaho 67-56. Eastern Washington got by NAU. They won by 10-80-70. Weber State 
gets a win. They beat Southern Utah, as you mentioned, Southern Utah on the skids. We were trying to figure it out. Uh, they have the talent, too. 82-71, the final of that game. Weber State gets the dub. And finally, Northern Colorado, they beat Idaho State 85-72. So, no real close games. In fact, the Montana-Montana State game was the closest game of the bunch. Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington, those wins keep them just a game behind uh, the Montana Grizzlies. Northern Arizona, uh, excuse me, Sac State, their win kind of helps them, but the most interesting uh, one of these was the Weber State-Southern Utah uh, uh, game in terms of the two different directions of these two schools. And still, Weber State is obviously nowhere near what they've been in years past. It's also impossible for me to just say they're, that, that you know it's a bad season, chalk it up. They got no chance whatsoever. You know, do I think they're going to win the conference tournament or something like that? Absolutely not. But do I think that they can come in and in a one-game scenario beat good teams and knock teams who have visions of grandeur out of the tournament? Yes, I do. And they've been much better, you know, this second half of the season. They they were like 2-7, and seven, something like this, to start conference play. I mean, they were bad. They have been much better and above 500 since that time. So if you believe in getting healthy and sort of a team that is, you know, slowly improving in that regard, then maybe Weber State is a team to look at. Where are you at with this group? Well, the <laughs> the most interesting part about all this is is the schedule that everybody has. Because there's so many teams that are clustered together, I mean, there's really only a couple shoe-in wins right now, and that's mm-hmm. Idaho and Idaho State. Everybody else is just so even. I mean, I think, oh, first of all, I ask you this. Yeah. I think that it's a true testament to Travis DeCure's program and also a true testament to seniors that can see the end is near that Montana's in first place. And I think that I voted for Montana to win the league, even with all the guys that they lost, even without ever having seen the freshman play, because I just know that the identity of the program Everybody in the league can't stop talking about the schedule. And it is what it is. And I think it's stupid, too. And I think there's a lot of scheduling quirks that are truly unfair. I think that the league has set it up that, like the the bylaw and the scheduling where teams only have to come to Montana twice, or once, excuse me. So that's the one trip that stayed solid. It actually makes it so that the Montana trip is one of the easier trips now that the travel partners are like, NAU and Sac State, like that's a tough trip. Yeah, yeah. Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. I mean, you're going. Look at a map. I mean, that's a long ways to yeah. go. But still, Montana. I knew they were going to play hard every single night out, and I think that they have the best coach in the league. And I think that the winning tradition just kind of overwhelms every other element of this thing. That said, would you agree? that the fact that Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington have kept pace with Montana every step of the way has spurred the Grizzlies on? You know, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Um, maybe. I think it certainly has spurred them on when they played Eastern Washington twice, you know, in those in those two games. Um, and, and probably, like... Do I do I have a vision of of Travis DeCure or Coach Cobb, you know, taking the standings and go? You, you think you're good? You're 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 
you're one night away from not being in first place. And there was a time, by the way, where they weren't in first place. They they when they lost those two straight to Weber and Portland State, they dropped into second for a time. So I think in that sense, yes. But I also think I think this is a lot more just about the the, the team themselves and the way that they're built and made up. You know, that you know, I feel like this is a team that regardless of how far ahead or behind or tied or whatever they might be in the standings, that they're finding reasons to play hard and well internally. And, and I think at this point, I mean, they just got great chemistry. I think it might matter more now, though, because it still is only one game right. with only four to go. So you know you have to keep winning in, 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 you know, in order to control your own destiny. And that's the area that, that I think that, they, that it is a factor. Up to this point, maybe a little bit. By the way, when it comes to the standings, two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, it's worth noting the three teams at the top, 12 and 4, 12 and 4 for Eastern and Northern Colorado, and then 13 and 3 for the Grizzlies. After that, there's two more buys that are going to be out. Northern Arizona is 9 and 8. They are in fourth spot. They're the only team above 500 other than, you know, in the rest of the league, okay? They also have played one more game than the teams behind them, which is, you know, so it's, again, asymmetric in that respect. But Portland State and Montana State are both 8-8. and And then Southern Utah and Weber State are both 7-9. and So you're talking about four teams that are within one game of each other, and one of those teams is getting a bye for sure, and then there's a second bye, which the team is only a half game ahead of, of, of the other teams as well. And that's going to be evened out, whether it's a win or loss, we don't know, but it's going to be evened out in terms of the number of games that are played, obviously. So you're talking about two spots that are available to five teams and shoot Sacramento State, or excuse me, Southern Utah. No, 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 Sacramento State isn't even all the way out of it because nope. they're 7-10. and 10. Right. The, the, the and, they, and they still get to play Montana, Montana State, and Portland State. That's right. So they can <clears> they <throat> can get stack up wins against teams that they can bring back to themselves. But NAU has Montana, Montana State, and Portland State as well. The, the the funny thing about this league this year is that the state of Idaho is six and twenty six. Okay, they're terrible at least by record, and and they you know, again, I kind of like Idaho for you know some different reasons. They they're tougher than what they're, but at the end of the day, they're three and thirteen. So is Idaho State. So everybody else is stacking up wins against the Vandals and the Bengals, and that's why they're so close because there's nobody. There's not a five win team, you know. And so now all, all these teams, you got you got four teams within a game of each other, six teams within two games of each other. I mean, it's it's it's, and they're all sitting there fighting for two spots. So who's going to have a chair when the music stops, as it were? That's the thing, and it, it might be a lot about schedule, and that's why you know again for Montana State this weekend, this one right now at Sacramento State at Northern Arizona, gigantic man, gigantic, got to have it. Gigantic all the way across the league, too, because on Thursday we got Weaver State, Portland State. That's a huge game. Portland State still has to play Montana, Montana State, and Sac State. Sac State gets to play Montana, Montana State, and Portland State. So there's a lot of crossover. Yep. I mean, who right now, four games left. I think we agree who the top three teams are. I think everybody agrees no who question. the top three teams yep. are. Yep. Who's, who, who are your favorites to get the four and five spot? Portland State. Me too. I... 
I just haven't seen enough of Northern Arizona to even say what I think. Right, because they played. I I totally agree. I'm totally blind when it comes to NAU because they and they're nine and eight. Right, they're 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 alone in fourth place. They're the only team with a winning record. They have good players that, that isn't in the top three. So I mean, I mean, they have, I'd probably they, say them, but they they have good players because they have good size. Brooks DeBishop is really taking the next step. He's one of the leading rebounders in the league. He's leading the league in field goal percentage. He's become a double figure scorer. That him paired with Bernie Andre gives them a very very intriguing front court because Bernie Andre is like the jumping jack, you know. Long armed rim runner who can just go nuts with how much he can disrupt everything. And Cam Shelton is turned into a pretty good little point guard, and Luka Dolovich is one of the best shooters in the league. So they have some talent, to be sure. They also have a coach under an interim tag, and they're playing their butts off for him. So I don't know. I, I'm a little bit in the dark on NAU, too, but so far they've been. They've exceeded expectations as much as anybody in the league. No doubt. No. Talking about talent, I think Southern Utah should be the team that's in the mix for a bye, but I just don't know what's going to happen. Right now they're on a four-game losing streak. But like you were saying in the first hour, maybe they get up for the Montana schools mm-hmm. in, the, in the last weekend of the year. Right. So we'll see. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We have uh, plenty more basketball coming up throughout the week. Get you ready for these penultimate week in Big Sky regular season play. But next, can you play quarterback in the NFL? We'll tell you. Because there's one surefire way to know next. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at a a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Coulter, Joe Burrow announced, didn't announce today, but said he may have to retire for having even played a game in the NFL, for even being on a team in the NFL, because he was just informed that his hands are only nine inches as as they measure you know, for the combine, and so evidently now the football will be slipping from his grasp regularly, and he will not be able to continue uh, playing in, in in this game. Trying to find some other thirty million dollar a year job somewhere. He so, said, considering retirement after I was informed that the football will be slipping out of my tiny little hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. Yeah, great tweet actually. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow 
has nine-inch hands, uh, which is not that big. Per ESPN (laughs) stats and information, the length from pinky to thumb was tied for the smallest among first-round quarterbacks measured at the Combine since 2008. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and Jared Goff were the others who had that hand size. And uh, both of them, by the way, were instructed by current Cincinnati Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, notable because the Bengals have, hello, the first pick in the draft. So thanks to David on that. Uh, Of the 35 quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 2008, the average hand size has been nine and seven-tenths of an inch. Are we combining our metric and our imperial systems here, seven-tenths of an inch? Uh, In any case... Uh, Patrick Mahomes was nine and a quarter inches, while Jared Goff was nine inches. Uh, over the past 10 years, only three quarterbacks with nine-inch hands have attempted more than 300 passes, Goff, Tannehill, and Chad Henney. Uh, and none of them has a total QBR above 55, worth, uh, worth noting. Tua, by the way, and Justin Herbert, 10 inches, 10-inch hands. Culture. Now, I think you know. I think you think you know what I'm going to say about this. I got a question for you. Okay. Before you say what you yeah, say. go ahead. Do you think people's hands are getting smaller? What are you trying to do here to me? I'm just. I'm asking you. Do you think humans in general? I noticed this. Every guy that I know that when I shake that's over the age of sixty, when I shake their hand, their hands are huge. I have big hands, and my hands yeah. do not compare to. Like you know, my dad's hands and your dad's. I mean, you're. I'm way bigger than your dad. Your dad has huge hands. That, that's an interesting uh, 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 consideration because sometimes you do. You shake the old the old guy, and, and it's I, like, well, I, I really do think here? like the girth of your hands, not necessarily maybe the length of your fingers, but like yeah. the girth of your hands yeah. and the size of your hands. If you work all the time with them, it's just natural that they're going to be bigger. Let me. Let me like ask my you dad. This. I mean, your dad worked in the forest for his whole life. My yeah. dad worked in the underground mines for his whole life. Like their hands are just different than our hands. And then, like, I was at the Hall of Fame banquet shaking hands with all these old guys who are 5'9", that have just whopper-sized hands. Well, I mean, you're at a Hall of Fame banquet <laughs> for a reason. I mean, true, was, you know. True. Uh, I think Jack McGillis has big hands. He's not old. <laughs> yeah, he's like 6'7". <laughs> so, here's the thing, though. Usually on stuff Ryan like this. Ryan like 20 years my senior, and his hands were smaller than mine. That's right. We, mm, interesting. we measured today. I interesting. Mine are eight and three quarters, mm. and David's are an even nine inches. Mm. Um, I think my hand weighs more than yours, though, David, you know? I don't know if there's well, a good way. You got me on the weight thing for sure. Yeah. Um. Usually on stuff like this, I go, this is so stupid. You know, the quarterback height thing and all that kind of stuff. Like, it it, it doesn't matter. Momentum between games isn't a thing. You know, are you being pushed? Because You know, I always poo-poo all that stuff. I actually buy the hand size thing about as much as I buy anything in, in this sort of scenario. The amount of control that you have as a quarterback over a football is a absolute direct relationship to the size of your hands. Now, this is not me saying a guy with eight and a half or nine inch hand can't be a great quarterback. It's certainly not me saying that a guy with an 11 inch hands is going to be a great quarterback. But what I am saying to you is if you have ever picked up a basketball and then you went and picked up a mini basketball, which one, you know, can you deal with better? 
If you throw anybody out there that's ever thrown a football, you know, you get a kid's football or one of these, you know, youth footballs, you are Patrick Mahomes. You are ripping that thing. Well, it's the same thing. The relationship to the size of the ball that your hand in particular is absolutely matters. Do I think that all of a sudden Joe Burrow should retire? No, I do not. But it it is this is this is a bigger deal than Joe Burrow wants you to think it is. That is significant. It didn't seem to impact his throws during the national championship game. For sure. I mean, I guess it's a different football. It, the it, NFL is a bigger football. It's a bigger football. And the windows are smaller. And it's not even so much, it's not always even about throwing the football. It's about, you know, holding on to it when you get pressure in the pocket. And it's all of that stuff. So so his hands were exactly nine inches? So it's, that? Yep, nine, yeah. So Patrick Mahomes' hands are a quarter inch bigger? Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be much of an issue for Patrick Mahomes either. Yeah, I'm surprised. Is that right, David, that he's only a quarter inch bigger, Patrick Mahomes' hands? That's what they were measured at in the combine. Nine and a quarter inch? I mean, if you think about it in terms of a distance, it ain't much. If you think of it in terms of percent, I mean, what's the biggest hands that have ever been measured? You know? Remember, there was a story that Bryant McKinney's hands, remember Bryant McKinney? Oh, yeah. Miami played for the Vikings? Sure, sure. That his hands were, like, one of his hands was as big as a catcher's mitt? (laughs) Like, from... In length and width. I don't know how many inches that you, amounts to. You want to see some big hands. The, the largest hands for a QB was Brian Lewerke from Michigan State, mm. 10.625 what a pl- What a player. What a player. So 10.62. So here, here's all I'm saying, Coulter. If the average is nine and seven-tenths of an inch, okay, then what you're telling me is on the high end, about 10 and a half inches is a huge hand, and on the low end, nine inches is a small hand. So what I'm saying is a quarter inch is not is not much bigger, but as a matter of percentage of of one and a half inches that is the spread, the range we're dealing with, it is. I mean it's it's one sixth, you know, it's it's eighteen percent larger in terms of you know, the the difference from big to small. Again, this is not uh, an, an, an indicator. There's so much more that goes into it. It is an indicator, so it's certainly not definitive. But I think that the hand size measurement is actually a real thing. <sighs> you hate that. I, I I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah. But if you could throw it, you could throw it. I mean, it's like if you have a funny-looking shot, but it still goes in. Sean Marion's got a funny-looking shot. He made the All-Star team a whole right. bunch. Right. You know? Yeah. If it hasn't impacted Joe Burrow to this point, I just don't know why it would. Yeah, I mean, the fact- here's the thing. Here's what it takes to be an NFL QB more than having big or or small hands. It takes an insane amount of internal confidence. Let me ask you this. And Joe Burrow has that. Is it just physically? Okay, you got all the internal confidence. Is it more important to have a strong arm, a.k.a. be able to rip the football or have bigger hands? Say, ask me one more is, time. Is it more important physically to, to have a strong arm to be able to throw the football hard or whatever they classify as hard at the NFL level or to have bigger hands? Uh, I don't think – I think it's it's about what's between the ears. I understand that. I'm I'm moving all that like, stuff out. How big are Joe Montana's hands? Probably not that big. But you're not answering my question. I'm just saying with everything else, just throw it all out. That's all far more important than either of these things. Right. What's more important between those two? Hands or arms? Arm strength. Arm strength. I disagree. Joe Montana's hands are 10 inches. Oh!
Okay. Okay, Joe. And a weak arm. Thus giving me the dub at the end of the show. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> hey, Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton. Family owned for over 65 years. Best prices on new and used cars and trucks. Only at Mildenberger Motors. Boys and girls, this has been a fun Monday show. Appreciate it very much. Where are you at with Miley Cyrus? You're into it? No. Oh. It's a great song. Let's see if I can get one. One shot to go. Short again. I'm going to make a shot into our new basket. See you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.